Um, I, I really do want to talk about prayer today. We have been talking about the what ifs in life over the, over the last few weeks, and we're going to wrap that up today with uh, a what if question that, that I believe a lot of us uh, have been asking and have asked over a lot of, uh, not only the last eight months, but but probably in different seasons of your life as well. Um, you know, our what if questions that we have, they leave us unsettled and they leave us in this place where it disrupts our, our peace of mind. And for some of us, we lose sleep over it. Um, and, and to be able to give those what ifs to God in a very practical way, not just in a way that sounds good, but in a way that actually makes a difference in our life. Um, as, as we've looked through questions such as what, what if the worst happens? What if I cared more about what God thought than what other people thought? Uh, we've looked at what if, uh, last week we talked about uh, what if I spent more time with God? And, uh, and what, if I, what if I'm more thankful? And, and I could go on and on. I, honestly, I could do a series on what if questions for about, I don't know, two years probably and still not hit half of them. But today's question is something that I want to address because it's a question, as I said, I'm sure all of us have asked in some way, shape, or form. Uh, at some time in our life, and probably a lot of us have asked it more over the last eight months or so, and it's this. What if my prayers are not answered? What if my prayers are not answered? We're praying for a lot of things right now. I'd be willing to bet that a lot of us over these last few months have been praying in maybe ways we never thought we would. Uh, and some of us may be actually to a place today where maybe you, if it, I mean, let's just be honest, some of us may feel I'm tired of praying. I'm tired of praying because I'm not seeing God do anything. I mean, some people feel that way. Some people have seen that. We're praying for relief from COVID. We might be getting that. We might not. Depends on what data you want to believe and what we see and, and what actually happens. A lot of people, because of COVID, are praying for financial relief. Some, some people have, have had that. Some people have not. Um, a lot of people are, are praying for, for people in, in their life to be healed. Some of us have seen that and some of us have not. Maybe we're praying for God to move in this way or that way in the political spectrum. Um, praying for phase two, as we've talked about. We've seen a, a big part of the answer to that prayer in the storage building that we have, but there's, there's more to pray for, quite frankly. Um, and then we see a verse like this in Mark chapter 11. Jesus says this, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that. You have received it, and it will be yours. And that sounds really simple and really easy, and it has a bit of a genie in a bottle kind of feel to it. Well, if I just ask God, then it's mine, but then, but then why, isn't it, why isn't it there? Why, isn't it, why hasn't it shown up? You know, I think a lot of us think that these what-ifs um, these what-ifs of prayer that we have, I, I think, feel maybe a little bit mysterious to us. And I, I think the reason that they do is because we don't maybe understand how prayer works. Or maybe, maybe it's a little more accurate to say it this way, that we don't understand how it doesn't work. And then we see a verse like this in John 15. It says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is Jesus. This is Jesus speaking here. And, and then we pray. We don't see an answer to our prayers. And 
So we say, is God not listening? Has God not heard me? Or is my faith so pitifully weak that, that maybe God just is ignoring my prayers because my faith is so small? We start playing these games with ourselves. We turn back into what if questions. And so these promises of God, they, they must be for people that are like heroes of the faith. They must be for people who have this just like amazing faith. And they, it must not be for me. I must not be good enough. Maybe there's some junk in my life that I need to get rid of because God's not, not really listening to me because of, of this or because of that. And so we see those things and we almost turn into like a prayer agnostic to where we're like, well, does it, does it really matter? Or, or the end result ends up being that we just get discouraged from praying when we look at prayer that way. We get discouraged from praying unless we're desperate. When we're desperate, when we're in a desperate situation in life, our prayer life is, is pretty legit, isn't it? We're, we're praying a whole lot more when we're desperate in life. But that is not the way that God wants us to respond to unanswered prayer. He doesn't want us to just get prayer agnostic. He doesn't want us to get discouraged and just say, well, whatever. Because that ends up where, that's where we end up being. We just end up going, whatever. So what's the problem? What is the problem? Is, is the problem how I ask? Is it, is it what I ask for? Is it when I ask? We start maybe going through this, this checklist of things, trying to figure out what our what our problem is, because it says, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And that's a difficult promise for us to read and then potentially see nothing, which is why we end up to a place where we just go, well, whatever. So what really is the problem? I believe that Jesus wants us to really seriously lean into this question for, for a minute this morning, as opposed to just writing it off and saying, well, I'll just pray for meals, because I'm supposed to. And we look at prayer as like a spiritual uh, duty, as opposed to a relationship with God. Because I, I believe that Jesus means for this to be difficult, and means for this to be a little bit tough, because he made it this way, because he's drawing us closer to himself, and he's drawing us beyond ourselves, and beyond what maybe we think we can handle, and he's calling us out to trust him in a way that can feel very terrifying. It can feel very terrifying. But Jesus, his, his promise, it's not to shame us and it's not to make us feel like our faith isn't enough or, or to make us feel like we have little faith, although we probably don't have as much faith as we should. He's, he's really inviting us to come up further and to draw us in closer. I think that's why we need to lean into this question, to really lean into this one verse. I want to look at this verse again, John 15, 7. I don't normally just camp out on one verse. As you all know, I usually use quite a bit of scripture. But today, I'm, I want to just camp out on this one verse for today because there's a lot that we can get from this verse and what Jesus is saying to us. Because this sounds simple. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And this sounds simple. It's one simple verse, but remaining in Jesus is not so simple. And the reason it's not is because it's relational. And because it's relational, and because we are sinful, it becomes 
difficult. I want you to think about any of your close relationships that you have and tell me how many of those relationships are simple. How many of those relationships with people that you have that are close to you, how many of those are just cake? Doesn't take much work at all. It's just whatever. It's fine. It's, it, it's simple. It doesn't take much work. I would find that very difficult to believe that at least, and, and maybe you are to that place now, but I bet you it took a lot of work to get to that place. It probably wasn't simple right off the beginning. How hard do we have to work for the close relationships in our life, especially because of our own selfishness and, and, and to understand and communicate clearly with those that are closest to us and those that we love? Relational communication with people, it's one of the most difficult things that we deal with daily, especially with the people that are closest to us. It's, it's much easier for me to have a relationship with somebody that I don't really know all that well. I can do that really good. But it takes a lot more work for me to have a, a good functioning relationship with somebody that's extremely close to me. There's a lot more work that's involved there. These relationships that we encounter, whether they're face-to-face or Zoom call-to-Zoom call, are, are, they, they take work. They take dedication. It takes perseverance to get through that. And prayer has the same attributes as a relationship because it's the way that we relate to God. And I think too many times the reason that maybe some of these unanswered prayers get to us is because we're looking at prayer as a religious duty instead of a relationship with God. And when we look at it as a religious duty, then it becomes this checklist and then we begin wondering what we didn't do or how we did or why we didn't do good enough. And we start playing these games that turn into what if questions that end up taking us down a road that we shouldn't go down. But in every other human relationship that we have, effective communication is something that we must learn. You have to learn how to communicate with people. There are certain people in my life that I know I have to communicate with a certain way, and other people that I can communicate very differently. There are some people I can be extremely blunt with, and then other people that I have to kind of maybe sugarcoat it or candy coat it. And you could probably think of people in your life as well that, that you have to deal with differently. Like I said, it's, it's pretty easy for me to relate to somebody that I just run into every now and then, or I see them at the grocery store, and I'm only seeing half their face anyway. And so I can relate with them pretty easily when I'm there, as opposed to somebody that maybe I'm living with, or somebody that, that is intimately close to me. Relationships that matter take work, and it takes perseverance and persistence. And, and so why do we think that our relationship with God is going to be any different. The same is true of God. If we really press into this and we really discover more about a person as we get to know them more, and it's the same with God. We discover more and more about him the more we get to know him and the more we lean into that relationship with him, the more we realize how much we need him and the more we also realize that the problem with our relationship with God is not him, it's us. And we find that out very, very quickly if we really lean into prayer as a relational interaction, because it is. Prayer is a relational interaction. And that's one of the biggest points I want to get across today. When we walk out of here today, if you've been looking at prayer, or if you're at home, and you've been looking at prayer as just a religious duty, as something that we just got to check off the box, boy, have you completely missed the boat on what Jesus intended prayer to be. It's not just a service transaction. Prayer is not. Prayer and faith, are, it's, it's not currency that we use to pay for whatever we want. <laughs> I, 
I think we may look at prayer like that sometimes because if we look at these verses in a snapshot, we put God in this genie in a bottle kind of thing. Faith is a relational response of trust in what God promises to us. When we have faith in God, faith, faith and trust in God says that I, I trust what you say so much that I'm going to live my life by what you say. And people that are bold enough to really live that out, to live out what God says, they will see mountains move in their life because God always fulfills his promises. And that's why Jesus said, if you remain in me, my words remain in you, you ask, and it will be done. So what if we stopped asking what if and we remained in him? What if we stopped asking what if and we remained in Jesus? I want to look at this word remain for a minute. Because other translations also say abide in me. You may recognize that verse in the, uh, I, I think it's the King James also says, uh, if you abide in me. And while that, that word is sufficient, remain is actually a little uh, more accurate here. And I'm going to show you why. Because and I, I hope that you walk out of today or you, you turn off the, the broadcast today, looking at this word remain in a way that maybe you'll never forget. I hope that every time you see the word remain from here on out, you're going to think about God and you're going to think about prayer because I want to show you how this definition of this word has such profound impact on exactly what Jesus was getting at here. So if you define the word remain, it has three definitions and all three apply to what I believe Jesus was talking about here and what we're gonna be talking about here. So here's the first definition. To remain, to stay put, to not move. Jesus is calling us to stay put in terms of our faith and to stay put and to not move in terms of our relationship with him and to remember that he is the bedrock and that he is the firm foundation that we talked about last week. That, that when we ask our, our what ifs, that we remain in prayer and we remain in him because we trust in him. We stay put because of our relationship with him. We don't give up and we don't get agnostic to, to prayer. We don't, we don't just write it off. We, we stay put, we don't move. We, we continue with, we, we continue being planted where he is telling us to be, which also then brings us to the second definition of the word remain, which is to keep moving and to stay the course or continue on the path. We, we need to stay the course of where Jesus is, is calling us and stay the course of going to Jesus when these things happen and when these what-if questions come up that we stay the course. We keep going because we have remained in him. And by keep going, I mean that we don't give up and we stay in our relationship with him and we stay diligent in prayer so yes, we stay put in our faith and in our firm foundation and our trust, but yet we keep going in our relationship with Jesus as well. So we remain, right? And we remain <laughs> as we continue to go. And we continue to move forward with where he's calling us to. But then there's this third definition, and this is probably my favorite. And it's this, it's the only thing left. What remains is the only thing left. Because when we ask the what ifs and we pray, and the what-ifs come up and we feel like we're at the end of our rope. And there are a lot of people right now, probably some of you here and some of you watching at home, 
that you feel like you're at the end of your rope, yet he is still there. He is still there. He is the only thing left. And you may feel like, man, this is the only thing left, but at the same time, Jesus is the only thing left. He remains. When it's all said and done, he will still be the only thing left. At the end of the day, at the end of this world, at the end of all of this, when all of this junk that we're worried about now that really doesn't matter in light of eternity is done, he will still remain. He will be the only thing left. So we pray and we trust and we believe because when all else fades away, he is the remainder. He is the only thing left. Jesus is the remainder when everything else fades away. Let this be an encouragement to you today. Jesus is the remainder when everything else fades away. So what if the worst happens? Jesus is the remainder. Jesus is there. What if, what if I didn't care what other people thought and I cared more about what God thought? Well, you should because Jesus is the only thing left. He remains. He's there. What, what if I was more thankful? Well, we should be because he's always there. He always was and he always will be. What if we spent more time with God? Well, we absolutely should because he's the only thing left and he's there and he's always going to be there. Jesus is there. He is the remainder. And that is why Jesus tells us that we should always pray and never give up because he's always there. As he said to his disciples in Luke 18, 1, so the disciples should always pray and never give up. And if you are a follower of Jesus, if you put your trust in him, then this is for you as well, that you should pray and always pray and never give up. We should never give up. It's never too late with God. As a follower of Jesus, it is never too late. We never give up. We know that we can be tempted, and Jesus knows that we can be tempted to lose heart, and we can be tempted to get discouraged and, and when we see what seems like unanswered prayer, that we start going down this rabbit trail of these what-ifs in our head, and we get discouraged, and we get down, and I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to anybody else, because we do have small faith. We do. We've got a ways to go, but Jesus knows this, and he wants us to grow in our faith. He wants to draw us further up and draw us closer in and and, and we know that there are complicated factors sometimes where we get involved and we mess things up and maybe God's trying to do something, but our selfishness and our, our sinfulness and we, we mess things up and there's factors that delay answers to prayer and God knows this. He knows that this is difficult, but it doesn't mean for those, those factors and those delays and those things that come in, it doesn't mean that we should give up. It doesn't mean that we should give up and we should just write it off. He wants us to press into this promise, to really lean into the promise of God because there is no mountain he cannot move. Amen? There is no mountain he cannot move. I'll give you just a small little example, and it's that building that's sitting out there. But there are many, many other examples that are way more impressive than just a building that are sitting right in this room. Each and every one of you can think of things that God has done in your life and mountains that he has moved in your life but yet we focus sometimes on the negative too much and God has answered so many prayers and done so many amazing things in each and every one of your lives because he is the only thing left, because he is, he is the remainder. 
And if we remain in Christ, and we have Christ's words remaining in us, then Jesus is clear that we can ask whatever we wish, and it will be done. And that doesn't mean a genie in a bottle mentality. Here's what that really means. The closer your heart gets to God, the more your desires and wishes line up with his, and the more the will of God lines up with, with where you end up praying. And so some of the things that we start thinking about and, and wishing for and praying to God and wishing for end up sort of fading away. And it's a really crazy and miraculous thing when it happens. And you start to, you start to see that like the will of God ends up becoming what you're praying for as well because God changes your heart and transforms you because he's calling you to come further up and to come further in to that relationship with him because prayer is relational. It's not a checklist that we should go through. And so I've used this quote before from Lisa Turkhurst, but I want to use it again because it makes so much sense for today, and it's this. What if God decided today to answer every prayer you prayed last week? Would you be utterly blown away or deeply grieved that you hadn't prayed more? Some of us may have fallen to the wayside with our prayer life. Some of us may have gotten to the place where we feel like, whatever, what's the point? Nothing seems to be happening anyway, so I'll just pray for meals and it's fine. We are to pray and to never give up. God's not done. He's done some amazing things and he's going to continue to do amazing things in his timing and in his will. And so if whatever you ask in prayer has not happened yet, do not assume that it can't or that it won't. And don't give up. Don't give up because this promise, it's an invitation to come further up and further in to knowing God. It's an invitation to remain in him and remain in him in a way that maybe you've never seen before until today. That we're to, to remain in him in all three definitions of that. People who have taken that, that promise of God that bold promise of God, and they take him up on that invitation, can speak to the fact that if you're bold enough to believe in the promises of God, that these bold promises might actually be fulfilled in your life. Prayer really matters. Prayer really matters. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's the most powerful tool that we have and we underutilize it so much. Prayer matters so much even in the times that it doesn't feel like it and the times that it seems like it doesn't matter, I'm telling you, that is when it matters the most. We need to be praying through each and every situation that we're going through in life. And so that's why the connection point for the day is this. Even if my prayers are not answered, will I remain in him? Will I remain in him? I hope this word, I hope this word has a different look for you today. I hope that you will never forget this word and that every time you see this word, you'll think of Jesus. And you'll think of where you are in your relationship with him. Because we are to remain in him. We are to, we are to stay put, yet we are to keep moving forward in where he's calling us to go. We're to stay put in our faith. We're to keep moving forward where he's calling us to go. And at the same time, we need to remember that 
when everything else fades away, he is the only thing left that he will remain. And so I want to end the service a little bit different today. To wrap up today, talking about prayer only makes sense that we should pray. But I would like for all of us to pray. I would like all of us to pray because I think all of us maybe need to do a little business with God right now when it comes to this. Because I hope that your perspective has shifted just a little bit on prayer and on unanswered prayer. And so I want to take a moment, a quiet moment of prayer for everyone, for us to pray and to reflect. And I'm just going to have Ryan play for a minute. And I just would ask for everyone in here for just a minute or, or two to just bow your head and to quietly spend some time with God. Where is it in your life that you need to remain? I believe the Holy Spirit has, has been speaking to each and every one of us here. Probably in different ways. We need to remain in Him. So I want to give you a few minutes to, to pray. And then I'll close us in prayer here. Take advantage of this time. We live in such a world that, that moves so quickly and things are always happening and all of that. Put your phone down for a second. Turn off everything that's, that's going on right now. And the only voice you need to be listening to is the voice of Jesus. Spend some time in prayer right now. you today, humbled that we can come before you. Lord, what a privilege it is to be able to pray, to be able to, to kneel before you, Lord, to be able to, to come into your presence at any time. God, what an amazing privilege we have, and we thank you so much for that, Lord, and I thank you that you want to hear each and every thing that is going on in our life, Lord. And I know, God, that you, you make these bold promises in your word. And Father, we look at those, and if we're being honest, we write them off sometimes. 
Lord, you call us to remain in you. Father, I pray that we would. I pray that we would take that charge seriously. Lord, that we would spend every day growing closer to you. Lord, that each day we could say we're closer to you than we were the day before. God, because this, this privilege we have of prayer, it is, Father, it is a privilege, but it is part of our relationship with you. Lord, we're not just checking off a box by, by praying to you, Father. We get the opportunity to pour our hearts out to you. And Lord, I know that you can move mountains. And so, Father, we're asking you to move mountains in our lives. God, I know that there are some people here, there are some people watching online that have some serious things that they are dealing with and they may be feeling discouraged because maybe they feel like they haven't seen you move in their life at all. Father, I pray that you would. I pray that you would that you would move in a powerful way in their lives and in their circumstances, Lord, that you would that you would wreck everything in the way that you always do that brings us back to you, God, because you are in the business of breaking us apart so you can put us back together and we're stronger because of it. And you draw us further up and further in. So Lord, help us to remain in you. Help us to remain faithful to you. Help us to uh, just be encouraged by the promises of your word. Father, I do just pray for our country and I pray for our um, our leaders in our country and I pray for the sickness and, and, and COVID that is happening right now. God, I know that, that we all are feeling weary from it. Lord, there are a lot of people that are weary and tired and God, we want this to go away and it, we're not sure if it's going to anytime soon. But God, we trust in you. So Lord, we do ask that, that we would be able to move forward from this, that we would see some light at the end of the tunnel. Father, it does feel like we may be in the fourth quarter of this thing, but God, if we're not, we still trust in you anyway. Father, we remain faithful to you anyway. God, it's been amazing to see some of the things that you have done and the way that you have drawn people to your kingdom through this pandemic. And we pray that that would continue to happen. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move. But Lord, we do want to see us move on from this. And so God, if it be your will, I pray that that would happen. Lord, as we are united here as a church family to pray and ask you, Lord, to heal our land and to heal our friends and our family that we know need healed from this. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in a powerful way. God, you are the great healer and the great physician. And I pray that we would see that in a mighty and powerful way. God, I pray that all of us would, would also take this charge of remaining in you, Lord, and we would take this seriously as we go into this week, Lord, that we would walk out of here today encouraged, but also challenged to remain in you. Lord, I pray that we would take that seriously. Help us to, to stand fast, but yet help us to move forward and help us to remember that you are the only thing left. We thank you for it, Lord. We praise you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.